the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning, People's Baptist Church family. And good morning also to our guests and friends. We welcome you to this live stream service coming to you from the Sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston. It's wonderful to be able to connect with so many across the United States, the Caribbean, Canada, and different other parts of the world. The title of the message today is, You Are Somebody Special. Looking at it from 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10. Have you ever thought about the wonder of being a human being? As human beings, we have the astonishing capacity to see and hear and feel, to know right from wrong, good and bad, to love and to hate, to reason and plan our lives as we determine. And best of all, we have the wonderful capacity to know love and serve the greatest being in the universe, our maker, our savior, and our God. Animals do not know or reason or feel or judge like we do. They do not know where they came from. They cannot reflect on their identity. They do not know why they are here and where they are going. They were not created in the image of God. To be alive as a human being is something we should not take for granted. Yet there are a lot of people who never ask the basic human questions. Who am I? What am I here for? And where am I going? Unless a person has an answer to those questions, he or she has no way of determining their real worth and importance. Believing that you are somebody special is crucial for your well-being as a person. If you think of yourself as a nobody, it will be hard for you to believe that anyone could care for you. This is a tragedy of the unloved or unwanted child. Made painfully aware that no one cares about him or her, he or she is convinced that they are without worth and therefore 
not worthy to be cared for. This is a tragedy of many young people across our country. They grow up feeling that nobody cares about them, that they are not worth anything. The result is that they develop self-hatred and hatred towards the people around them. In order to deal with these conflicting emotions, many turn to crime, drugs, alcohol, gangs. Others become disrespectful to their elders and violent toward their peers. When young people experience rejection, defeat, failure consistently, the message that comes through loud and clear to them is, you are nobody, you just don't count. Unrespected, they can't show respect. Unappreciated, they are powerless to appreciate. Unloved, they remain unloving and alone. What a ministry of love when we can help some young person to gain a sense of self-worth to, for them to understand that they are created in the image of God and life is sacred and they are loved eternally by God. God did that for Israel. Before he led them out of Egypt, they were slaves. You could hardly call them a people. They had no sense of national identity, no pride in who they were. But when Moses led them out of Egypt, God told them that they will be his own special treasure among all the nations of the earth. And they will be a kingdom of priests, his holy nation. They were special because they belonged to God. Many centuries later, Peter echoed these words when he wrote to his fellow Christians. He took all of the titles and privileges of ancient Israel and applied them to Christians and to the church. Yes. So in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, he provides answers to two of the foundational questions of life. The first is, who are you? Peter gives five ways of describing the Christian's identity and of answering the question, who are you? One, Peter says, you are the chosen of God. In verse 9, but you are a chosen people. In uh, chapter 1 and verse 2, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Peter says we are a chosen people. Imagine what this must have meant to the suffering, persecuted believers to whom Peter wrote. There were nobodies in the eyes of their society, exiles seeking a place of refuge from persecution without much success. I don't know about you, but I never get tired of rejoicing in the fact that I'm a child of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. 
No, I don't understand how the eternal God, looking down the highway of time from way back in eternity, should select you and me to be members of his divine family. But one thing I do understand is that our being followers of Christ today is not an accident of history. Our salvation took place according to the divine plan that was set in motion before the world was created. Therefore, at the right moment in history, God arranged the circumstances of our lives so that we would hear and respond to his offer of salvation in Christ and be saved. The Apostle Paul states it like this in Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We are the apple of God's eye. We are more special to him than the holy angels that serve him day and night. Let nobody tell you that you are not somebody special. Your job may not be important in the eyes of, of many. Your family background may not be the best. You may not have had the quality education that you desired. You may not have many possessions. You may not uh, make the who's who list among Americans. You may remain all of your life as just another average person struggling to survive in an unjust and corrupt society. But God says you are somebody special because he chose you, he saved you, and has an inheritance awaiting for you in heaven. Don't judge yourself then by what you are right now. Judge yourself by what God has chosen you to be in Jesus Christ. So who am I? I'm the chosen of God. I do not know why. It was nothing in me of value above other humans. I did not earn it or merit it or meet any conditions to get it. It happened before I was born. I stand in awe of it. I tremble with joy at it. And I bow and accept it with gratitude. But number two, Peter says, you have received mercy from God. In verse 10, B, he says, at one time you did not know God's mercy, but now you have received his mercy. When God chose us, he saw us in our sin and guilt and condemnation and had mercy on us. We were then not just objects of his choice, but the objects of his mercy. You see, God did not just choose us and stand aloof from us. He chose us and then he drew drew near to us in mercy to help us and to save us. But Peter goes on to say that you are God's possession. Verse 9 again. You are God's very own possession. 10a, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20 says, You 
are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. God purchased us, ransomed us with the precious blood of his son Jesus, and therefore we belong to him. We are more important to God than anything else in the universe. Other people may not think much of of you or me, and you may not even think much of yourself. But if you know in your heart that your Father in heaven thinks the world of you, it ought to make a difference in the way you face life with all of its ups and downs. Life for somebody listening to me today may be difficult, but if you can face it with the sure confidence that the Father loves you unconditionally, that the Son thought you worth dying for, and that the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your heart, then your whole outlook on life is altered. You will be able to face the difficulties and problems of life with with new courage because you know that God loves you and with an everlasting love. He chose you and he bought you for himself. He will never give up on you. He will care for you and guard you right up to the end and beyond death. We have a significant place in his divine plan. But Peter says, number four, you are set apart as holy by God. First Peter 2.9, you are a holy nation. The word holy means to set apart for God. Peter here is talking about the church, those who have been born again and are united in a community of faith in order to serve him. We have been set apart for a special purpose. We are related to God. We are a people that demonstrate the holiness of God in our lives. We have been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. We are a prized possession of God Almighty. We are no longer our own. We exist for God. We have a new purpose, a new inheritance, a new nature, a new calling. Paul in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. So if we seem to be out of step with the world, it is because we march to the beat of a different drummer. We sing to a different anthem, and we pledge allegiance to a different flag, because our citizenship, our true citizenship, is in heaven, not just here on earth. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of this world. Although the world does not recognize who we are, God has showered his love on us, showing us great mercy and exceptional kindness. Number five, Peter says you are invested as a royal priest by God. Verse 10, you are a royal priesthood. Christians, did you know that you are a member of a royal family? 
did you know that the right blood runs through your spiritual veins? We are members of God's royal family, but we are more than that. We are a royal priesthood. In Israel, the offices of priest and king were always kept separate, but in Christ they became one. And Peter is saying that believers are a royal priesthood, a position of great privilege and power in God's kingdom. Our priestly function gives us the right of access into the presence of a holy God. We can approach our God at all times directly. We don't have to go through a priest such as uh, existed in the Old Testament. We go directly to God. And we call this the priesthood of all believers. We can pick up the telephone, dial the Father's number, and no secretary is going to tell us that he's in conference and will get back to us as soon as he can. As royal priests, we have direct access to our God and Father. Morning, noon, and night, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. This is why the writer of the Hebrews in chapter 4 and verse 16 of his letter says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Another privilege of our royal priesthood is to intercede with God on behalf of one another. As believers, we have a ministry of intercession. And uh, as a pastor, it is my responsibility as God's under shepherd to exercise that ministry of intercession on behalf of my congregation. So daily I take a list of people and their needs to the Lord, and I keep adding to that list as I learn of of a need. And I pray for people day after day, call them on the telephone and and, uh, lift up their needs before the Lord. The church would become a place of daily miracles if more believers took seriously their ministry of intercession as royal priests. Our position as royal priest not only gives us the right of access to God and the responsibility of interceding or praying for each other, but it also gives us the responsibility of serving our fellow human beings. Our priestly function begins when we enter into or in to enjoy communion with God, and it ends when we come forth from God's presence to serve in his name. We are saved to serve, forgiven to proclaim forgiveness, loved that we may show compassion. We are royal priests. What an honor. Then the next question that we need to answer is, what are you here for? You see, the question, who are you, leads directly to the question, what are you here for? You are chosen by God. You are shown mercy by God. You are possessed by God. You are set apart as holy by God. You are invested as a royal priest by God for one purpose only. 
First Peter chapter 2, the second part of verse 9, says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And in the New Living Translation, it says, this is so that you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is the true work of the Christian church, the church that bears the name of our Savior Jesus Christ. We are left on this earth. God did not take us when we believe so that we would not mess up, but rather he left us on the earth to proclaim the excellencies of our God. That's our job description. That's our calling. We serve a God of unending excellencies. It is our job to make sure the world knows how excellent he is. We exist to advertise his goodness. We are God's agents on earth. This is the full-time job description of a royal priest to declare the glories of our God and King. We are to share with others what God has done for us so that they might hear and believe and be saved. You see, we are saved by his grace, forgiven by his mercy, redeemed by his blood, sanctified by his truth, comforted by his presence, strengthened by his power, encouraged by his promises, and sustained by his touch. We need to let people we are in contact with know that apart from Christ, our life would have no purpose. Apart from Christ, our questions would have no answers. Our problems would have no solutions. Our labor would have no reward. Our minds would have no peace. Our hearts would have no joy. Our sorrows would have no end. And our future would have no hope. All the... We have wonderful hymns in our hymn books, but I'm particularly drawn to the hymns of um, Moody and Sankey uh, during the revivals of the 19th century, which speak of what God has done for us. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Oh, I will sing of my Redeemer. And the wondrous, his wondrous love to me. On the cross he suffered. From the curse to set me free. When we worship God, we can hear God speaking to us through the hymns of our faith, 
written by people who believed in the scriptures and from their own experience they expressed the, the thoughts that God had given to them. Which is so different today from some of the, some of the songs that you hear which are so light and, and um, repetitious. But when we get together as the people of God, at least in People's Baptist Church, we want to sing the old hymns of the faith which strengthens us and allows us to see the glories of our God and King. So remember who you are and what you are here for. You are somebody special whom God has saved in order that you can be a light in the dark world so that you can tell of the story of how Jesus loved you and gave himself for you. May God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.